Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I'd like to start with something funny. I heard about these three sons who had left home and went on and prospered. They got together to talk about the gifts they bought their elderly mother. The first son said, I built mom a big house. The second son said, I got her a fancy car. The third son said, since mom loves to read the Bible, but she can hardly see anymore, I got her a specially trained parrot that can quote the entire Bible. A few months later, they received a letter from their mother, and the mother said, Fred, the house you built me is way too big. And Gerald, the car you bought me is way too small. But my dearest Donald, your simple gift is my favorite. The chicken was delicious. (laughs) What a waste. This is terrible. What a waste. Okay, so today I want to talk about the ripple effect of love. The ripple effect of love. Now, a ripple effect, it says this. Look, let's have a little picture in the back. The ripple effect. Now, the ripple effect is a situation in which one event produces effects which spread and produces further effects. Right? It's a situation where an effect from an initial state can be followed outwardly, incrementally. Anyway, what it means is, when you throw a stone somewhere in the thing, ripples come out, waves come out, right? That's right. Isn't it wonderful how, how, how it was round, but then um, Ellen made it into a heart shape. See? Yeah. Ripple effect of love. I thought that's fine. Now I think some of you are like, whatever. It's all good. So, ripple effect of love. Ripple effect in life. The related words to this word is what is fruit? The fruit of, of a thing that happens. Impact, aftermath, the spin-off, or a knock-on effect. Now, one of the words, uh, some of the sayings that you can see here is, for example, you've made your bed, now you lie in it. Yeah, you've done something, and now the consequences are yours, and you've got to lay in. Now, for example, a, if a bank uh, crashes, the whole community can have a ripple effect because of the, you can't get money out, and they're stuck, and you can't buy your food, and your kids are school, all this stuff. It's a ripple effect going out because something happens. Now, we all do things in life that have consequences, right? And every decision has some kind of ripple effect in our lives. The bigger the decision, the bigger the ripple effect can be. For example, myself, I emigrated, immigrated th- about 33 years ago. I didn't actually check the, the right date. Now, 30, we got married. I didn't get immigrated th- that, that day, that week, that, that year. Okay, I thought a bit earlier. 30 years ago, I, got, I immigrated to this nation, right? The thing is, though... I always thought it was going to be for one year because to check out her country, here, a beautiful country and have, you know, do whatever and then go back to Holland, you know, and take over the conference center. But the thing is, though, I have stayed here now for 30 years. Now, the ripple effect in my life, on one level in Holland, has been really hard. And you guys, some of you were here. My brother was here and also my mother was watching probably right now. It's been really hard for the family. Now, praise God that because of the ministry, I was able to go back uh, every year and sometimes three times every year uh, since that time, every 30, this last 30 years. Um, and so I never paid for a cent myself. The thing is, though, that was wonderful because sometimes people leave, people be, they go on, on a ministry thing and they go to a mission field and they don't ever see family again. 
But even now, I broke my brother's heart. My, my mother and father, they wanted me to come back. There was a ripple effect because of the decision I made was quite disastrous in that area. Now, in this nation, it was wonderful because all kinds of ministries opened up for us here, and Catherine and I just went for it. We had four beautiful children, and, and our children actually thanked me that we, that we didn't actually go back to Holland because they like it here more than Holland, although they love Holland too, but they love, I think, living here more. But there's a ripple effect because something's changed, and, and it was just a powerful thing in my life. And so, man, you've got to make sure that when you make a big decision, you actually know what you're doing. You actually got to be careful in the decisions that you make because everything we do has a ripple effect. If we do good things, the ripple effect will be good things, right? You do some bad things, and the ripple effect in your life will be some bad things. If you rob a bank, you most likely will go to jail. So the ripple effect is going to be amazing because not only are you going to lose on on a whole bunch of life that you want to live, but what about your family or your wife? What's going to happen to you and your children? Are they going to go off the rails because of the decision you made? You're in jail. You're not around. You're not a dad. It's a ripple effect in your life. So you better watch out what you do. Don't rob a bank. <laughs> or do anything stupid like that. Amen? So, I mean, serious. I mean, somebody drinks too much, including Christians sometimes, you know? And an accident. You cause an accident. I mean, the, the, the aftermath, the, the ripple effect in your life, disastrous, guys. We've got to really watch how we live in our lives. Now, last week I spoke into that word I had two weeks ago about, I saw this, um, some of our foundations not being fully on, on Christ, his life, his love, his promises, his life. I, I, I felt that some of the people had built their lives on some of the consequences and the things in their lives about disappointment or unforgiveness or whatever was going on in their lives. They were stuck in a prison in this, in the, on this foundation. And, and, and the ripple effect of that is very, very powerful. It can be actually very, very negative in your life. And I used even the whole thing of, of unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness in your life, then you can be in this prison and the ripple effects can be a deep-seated anger, sickness, sadness, all this kind of stuff. And it can bind you for many, many, many years. And the ripple effect in your life can be disastrous for your family, for the people around you, for yourself in many, many ways. But then we had this wonderful testimony last week of this lady here in church who, who was able to forgive her husband after 15 years. And now everything will start to be different. The ripple in her life will start to affect everything, not just her life, but her family's life, her children. I even believe her husband too. And things will start to change because the love came to town. Something happened to her. She guessed that I'm going to be on Christ. I'm going to live in this love. I'm going to be able to forgive because Christ forgave me. I was able to forgive. Now, she wasn't able to do it for years, but somehow supernaturally, she was able to do it this time. Now, I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy to come from this place after abuse, about, you know, rape, whatever you have had in your life. I get this. I was abused too when I was 10 years old. I know what you're talking about. But the thing is that we can move from this place and not be bound here for our entire life. Because God's got a life of abundance for us. Jesus says in John 10.10 10, that he gave us abundant life, newness of life. And by the Holy Spirit, he can heal, deliver, restore anything in our lives. Amen. And then the ripple effect in your life can be amazing. My brother was so amazed when he came here and saw our, our ministry here and saw the people, all you guys, how much you guys loved us and how much we, the things that are happening here, they couldn't believe the ripple effect in our lives. It's wonderful. It's a testimony. It's a testimony to the goodness of God. I used to be afraid to even go to the shop. I was afraid to sit in little groups. I was fearful of people. 
Serious. I was so afraid of people. People think I'm so confident right now. I'm not that confident. You think I am. I'm not that confident. Confident. Serious, I'm not. But I've got the grace of God in my life. I've made some choices and things start to change. And the ripple effect in my life, it was amazing. And start to be amazing. Now, I'm not there yet. I've got all kinds of stuff I've got to deal with still. And so do you. But the thing is, though, what I'm trying to say is that we have a responsibility for the things that we do in our lives. And when the center is God, good things will start to happen and ripple through our lives. And these waves will start to affect everything in our lives. It's wonderful because God's fruit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's not a bit hard. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? These things, that, those are the ripple effects of God. Because love does that. And so if we live from this place, you can expect these things to be in your life. All over it in Galatians 5, 22-23 in the Passion Translation. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Right? Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above, above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Isn't it beautiful? The love of God is limitless in our lives. When we choose to stand on the solid rock Jesus Christ and we start living from this new identity this new nature that we have this beautiful river that is on the inside it's amazing what starts to come out of our lives right you seal the stuff up and that's what Paul says put on this love you actually got to put it on now you do have it already in you but the thing is though sometimes we gotta put it on it says there in Colossians 3 it says here and over all these virtues put on love which bind them together in perfect unity. I often use this at, at, uh, at weddings. When I do weddings, put on this love. You've got to make a choice. It's like a jacket. You've got to put on jacket. This morning I put on this new jacket. But I kind of saved it for tonight because I wanted to, because Catherine bought me a nice jacket. So I thought, oh, nice. You know, so this morning I went to my wardrobe. I put on this jacket, you know. And so we are called to put on these virtues of love. They are not automatic. Love is given automatic. The Holy Spirit is automatic. But putting them on is not necessarily automatic. Colossians, I love this in the Passion Translation here. You are always and dearly loved by God. That's already a great word for somebody here. You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with the virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, set apart. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Look at this. Be gentle and humble, unoffendably, defendable, sorry, unoffendable in your patience with others. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Man, wouldn't we have an amazing community, what an amazing world if we can live unoffendable in the patience with others. I mean, this, in, you try this job with all your things. That you come with, all your ideas, your passions, your weirdo things, your whatever things, all the stuff that we carry as people, including myself, all the stuff that we have, right? And we live this life, and, and somehow we, you know, Kath and I got to relate to this stuff, you know? I mean, you got to be like a, you know? Wow. Anyway, 
<laughs> youth pastor. Said, That's true, yeah. It's like, it's, you, know, yeah. you gotta pray for us, guys. Come on. <laughs> Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way as you've been forgiven graciously by Jesus Christ, which is beautiful. Look at this. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. I love this about Christianity because God's already forgiven us even before we do it. He doesn't give us the right to do it. I'm just saying to you that he's already forgiven you before you do it. I say it in every wedding that I do, every marriage that I take. I said, come on, in every marriage, it's very important that we, remember the whole thing of love does not keep a record of wrongs. Because that's very, very powerful. You even forgive before they even do it. I tell you, when you do that, it's the hardest thing ever because you feel so justified. It's got to be fair. It's got to be justice here and all this kind of stuff. But I tell you, if we learn to do this, it's unbelievable. Jesus did this. Jesus did this. And that's why he was so powerful. Find fault with somebody. Don't start gossiping. Don't start, hey, we used to have it like this or like this or like this or whatever. Or Catherine Gideon. Blah, blah, blah. Don't do it. We're not that interesting anyway. Don't do it. When you find fault, you can talk, talk to us. If you find fault with me, come talk to me. It's fine. I'm very happy to talk, and we can talk things out. But the thing is, though, don't do behind our backs and stuff like that. It's not very helpful. If you find fault, already forgive us for one. Because sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. Same as you. Sometimes you don't know what we're doing. Jesus says forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Right? Sometimes we simply don't know what we're doing. If you find fault, no, no. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Now, if we want to come to the fullness of maturity, wow, this is a great verse here, right? The mark of maturity is love. Is love. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So we are to put on this love. Sometimes we get out of bed, you know, and, and we don't put on love. And we still react because yesterday we lost a game or something or whatever. I was, I was actually quite bad two weeks ago when Ajax lost against <laughs> the other inimpressive, inimpressible team. And I was actually quite down for three days. It's just a game, soccer, you know, football. But I was quite down. It affected my, the ripple effect in my life for the stupid game was quite a thing. But I, I'm comforting myself because Holland is going to play England in, in two weeks' time in Portugal and if Holland beat England, that will solve all the problems <laughs> of all these things. So I'm comforting myself. Anyway, but the Crusaders keep winning, so that's really comforting to my life and all of us, I think, unless you're from Auckland. Anyway, so, um, so the thing is, though, sometimes we come out of bed and we start putting that stuff on, all the disappointment in life, or you're still stuck in this thing somewhere. Something's happening. Somebody did something to you. Somebody had left you. Whatever happened to your life, but we don't put on Christ. That's actually why I love doing communion every day. Every morning I do communion. Reason why I come up and look at the sky. I said, Jesus, just another day. Not just another day. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another day to be alive. The sun came up again. Great is your faithfulness again today. And today I ask you, Lord Jesus, to, in my life, to be my Lord, I say, to be everything in my life, that my love would flow through, all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, though, at least you start in the right way, you know, in your life. Even if you kind of went for the Fakir de Bain at Bethgestapt. Who's here? Oh, yeah. Met Fakir de Bain at Bethgestapt. The Netherlands waited that well. It's got out with the right foot out of the bed. Out of the boot with the wrong, with the wrong foot. So similar, isn't it? Wrong what? Oh, the wrong side of the bed right now. How can you get out of bed on the other side? I mean, I'd like to crawl over my wife. How is that possible? I don't even work that way. And the dog. And two cats. Three cats, sorry, three. So we've got to put on love in our way. Love is number one. All these virtues flow. The ripple effect flow 
through love. When love is number one in our lives, the ripple effect is going to be absolutely amazing. And it will show your maturity. Now, I am really challenged by this. Because I don't always show this in my life, in my leadership here. And the staff know that. And, uh, you know, in, in, in our lives. But all of us are called to this stuff. All of us are called to lift our game, you know, and let the Holy Spirit let us live from a perfect place of love. It's very challenging, isn't it? It's very, very powerful. Now, in the early church, we saw this beautiful uh, new church. When, when, when the Pentecost came, in a couple of weeks' time, we, have, we celebrate Pentecost. I love this celebration. And one of the things that happened, of course, is that the Holy Spirit, the main thing that happened, was the Holy Spirit fell on the church. It was the, the, the power of God. It was the Holy Spirit. It was pure love. Liquid love, liquid fire. It was just amazing what happened in this new community. And the ripple effect in that community was so powerful. I thought, i got to have a look at it even today in, in Acts 2. Because I want to lo- learn from this. When love came to town in the early church, when it got splashed into these 120, look what started to happen in their lives. We see like 10 love expressions in this community. I suggest we stand right now and read it together. And it's going to be from the Passion Translation, this one, because, yeah. because I like it. It's also good in the Message Translation, NIV, New King James. There we go. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were saved. They were all baptized and added to the church. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's home to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. Coming to life, that means who were saved. So Pentecost comes here. The whole community is baptized in the Holy Spirit. The fire of God falls on them. The liquid love calls on them And pure love has come to town. Every believer was faithfully devoted. And I love this because this is what happened when when love comes into your life. I love this word, devoted. Devoted means extremely loving or extremely loyal. There's a whole bunch of other meanings, but I love this one. It came up straight away. Number one, if you go to the dictionary online, devoted is God's love makes us extremely loving and extremely loyal. Now my question to you and to me is, do we have this? Are you a person who is extremely loving? Are you a person who is extremely loyal? Yes. That's pretty challenging. 
And all of us, of course, have areas in our lives that are not extreme love or have extreme loyalty in our lives, right? But it's amazing that these guys had such extreme loyalty inside because when God's love comes and is planted into your hearts, which happened at Pentecost for the first time they were born again, extreme love came to them and extreme loyalty came to them. You know, God is extreme. Did you know that God is extreme? He is over the top in everything. You can see throughout the whole thing of Jesus, you know, when he multiplied, this is not enough, just enough for the people to eat. No, make a lot more. Overflowing. Not wasteful, but he just loves to overflow. Because he knows that when we overflow in our lives, we're actually going to touch people. If we're just going to keep like this, we're living like this the whole time, and we're just keeping our heads above water all the time, how on earth are we going to give other people a life, you know? Because we're just not making it. This is so hard, life. And I'm just, you know? Some of us feel like that sometimes. We're just stuck like this. But God wants to give us abundant life, not to be selfish, but to give to others. He wants us to build other people. That's why I love what I said in that video. I love that scripture that I talked about last week in 2 Corinthians 3, that we are God's co-workers with Christ, right? And that we are God's cultivated garden. The garden, the garden of love I talked about last week. The garden of love, when the things grow out of love. And, um, and he's building his church. And I thought, well, this is so beautiful. He wants to build his church. And the ripple effect is going to be absolutely amazing. So let's have a look at what came, the, the 10 ripple effects in this community that came, which also I think is very important in our lives. Amen. We're doing good. One, love, God's love, devoted them to the word of God. We love the word of God. We have a passion for the word of God. The word of God is powerful. It gives life. It gives us the promises of God. It gives us everything that we need. So it's a wonderful that we, have, we are passionate about God. I hope you are reading God's Word. Don't just listen to stuff on the internet or, well, you can't listen to the internet, but you know what I mean? Podcast is fine. But read yourself because God wants to give you revelation in your own life. We are passionate. That's why I use so many, many scriptures here because we want to we we be scripture-based. You know what I mean? Absolutely Holy Spirit, but scripture-based, Right? Teach scripture. So many of us don't even read the Bible much every day. So many Christians don't read the Bible much every day. So we're quite illiterate. Even young people, they're so illiterate in the Bible, they just don't even know what the Bible says. So we're going to make sure, not everybody goes to Bible college, you know. So we're going to make sure that we keep teaching the Bible. Keep teaching the Bible. That's why we have so many conferences. Now, I'm so, sorry that we kind of hit you over the head all the time with these things. So maybe a little bit too much. So we're trying to cool down and say, so Gideon, just cool down. And that's fine. But the thing is, though, because we love to bring the best teachers of the world who know things about the Bible, who can expound the Bible. Remember the last time when, um, when Brian Simmons came from the Passion Translation, right? I mean, when he comes to teach, it's like, ah, it's so beautiful. I can't do that, but he can. And so we bring some of the best people to our city, to our church, to your life, because we love the Word of God and we want to be taught by the Word of God. And we want you also to become self-feeders. Don't just believe me all the time or don't believe Bill Johnson all the time, whoever you're listening to. The thing is, though, be a self-feeder. Get good books. Read the Bible. Get good things to feed. Feed yourself on the Word of God. Amen? It is so important in your life. The second thing that love devoted them to is fellowship. See, God is Trinity. He lives in an eternal fellowship. He is fellowship. He is relational. 
my, whole, my master's thesis I did on the relationality, the Imago Dei, is, is that we are made in the image of God, is, is relational, as God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are a family. It's very important that we are relational. Christianity is not a solo sport. It is a community. It's a communal thing that we do. Amen? Love will always bring us together, together to love one another and have relationships. So many people are lonely. I saw something last night on the news about how many percent, over 50% of people, like in Japan, are just by themselves alone. And, uh, and they're going to die alone. And they don't have any. It's terrible. But many people in this country, guys, are alone. And what a wonderful thing that we can do, that can actually can join, just, just find out people where they're at. Let's just start loving on people and start saying, hey, come have a little lunch with us. I love what Warren and Rose are doing today again. They, anybody can go to their house today. Well, I won't come because I've got the other one here. You know? uh, but the thing is, though, you know the newcomers. But the thing is, though, anybody can come to your house today and just have fellowship. If you're lonely, go to the house, have fellowship together. Because we're meant to have a community here together. Amen. See, we are not an institution. We are not a corporation. A corporation has some kind of CEO. Often it's a man. And they kind of rule the roost, you know, control. We're not like that. We're also not an orphanage. In an orphanage, you know, then people are paid to look after the orphans. Well, for one, you're not orphans. You're sons and daughters of God, right? And it doesn't work this way. But we are a family with a mom and a dad and brothers and sisters in Christ who become dads and moms and grandfathers and grandmothers, uncles, aunties. We're together and we give life to one another. We support one another. We want you to be the best you can be. We, that, that's what we do. We look after each other, right? We are a family together. Amen? So relational. Number three, love devoted them to holy communion. Well, you know what I think about holy communion, which is the Lord's Supper, you know. And we'll talk about it in a moment about the, the this was part of the, the love feast that they celebrated every day uh, in the early church. And, um, but Holy Communion, the central celebration in their lives, in their lives was always Jesus Christ, was always what he had done, death and resurrection. They always came around that meal and around the celebration of that in their lives to celebrate the new covenant, new promises, forgiveness, new creation. All the things, healing, shalom into your life, the promises of God, a whole new life. And again, that's why I love to have communion every morning by myself. I've done it for almost two or three years now. I've no idea how long anymore. But the thing is, though, I do it every day because it's so important for me to say, I centralize myself, I center my life on Jesus Christ every morning, even when I get out of bed, crawling across my wife or kids and things. Not kids anymore. Kids used to be. Used to be kids and cats and dogs and Everybody was in the bed, right? But now the, the kids don't really stay in bed anymore. They have their own bed. Um, I'm glad because they're 18 plus, you know, so whatever. Um, and uh, it's all good. So, so the thing is, though, uh, but the thing is, though, what I found that the ripple effect in my life when I start doing this is actually amazing in my life. And I want to encourage you to do so. Now, you don't necessarily do communion if you don't want to be, but just acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Acknowledge that he is the one who's going to make your your day who's going to strengthen you make sure that you say lord i'm going to a really bad board meeting today but lord i what i'm going to do is i'm going to hold your hand as i go into the boxing ring and i'm going to be stuff happening today but i'm going to i'm going to take your hand and i know that when i go with you you're going to help me you're going to be there for me you're going to comfort me strengthen me give me wisdom all this kind of stuff see when you do that at the beginning of the day when you go into battle you know you put on your 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 um 
Johannes, you put it on before you go fight, not at the end. I mean, I have no problem at all reading at night. Catherine and I always read at night before we go to bed because um, um, that's what we do. Because <laughs> people, marriages who pray together, but couples who, who pray together stay together. So the thing is, though, it's important that you do that. But for your personal time, I don't mind at night because I'm a night owl. I get that. But you just fought the whole fight. That's at the end of the fight. Surely at the moment, even on your way to work, you can acknowledge for a moment Jesus Christ, acknowledge the Holy Spirit, that you're dependent on him, that he's going to lead you and guide you every day. Amen? And it's amazing what ripple effect will come through your life if you do that. Because things will start to change. You align yourself with God. You know what I mean. Number four, love devoted them to prayer. Prayer. I was so encouraged this morning. Again, there was about 10 people in, in, uh, in the prayer room at, from 9, 9 o'clock onwards. Let's, let's say 9.30. You know, we have people praying in the upper, in the boardroom, in, in the far corner there upstairs. I invite you to come and be part of it. I know what happens here with you guys, even through the internet and all this kind of stuff because of prayer. Because of relationship with God, intimacy with God, intimacy with the Father. I encourage you to come. During our time early in the year when we had this prayer and fasting month thing, you know, we had like 20 people up there. And then it went down to three. It's always three. Like one, two, or three. And now it's back up to 10. It's revival, guys. You know? But the thing is, though, we need to make sure that we pray. Please pray when you come here. You may be fine with the kids and all this kind of wife and things, you know, the wrong side of the bed, thing in the morning. I get that. Sometimes you have those kind of things. But I pray that you pray for the meetings here. We start in the afternoon too for the evening meeting. Please come and pray for the evening meetings. More people get saved at night than in the morning. Come on, it's a mission field. It's our mission field. So come and pray at five o'clock. Pray that God will intervene, the awakening would happening. It's amazing, guys. Let's pray together. We need to pray together because it's so powerful because prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer. Amen? Personal prayer. Come to the prayer meeting. The other day we had a church-wide prayer meeting. There's only 20 people there. Now it's lovely to have 20 people there. But we got 400 people in the church. Where's everybody else? Come to prayer meetings. It's only once a month. You don't have to always go, but come to these things. It is so invigorating. I tell you, sometimes I don't want to go either. And I'm, you know, I got to be there. You know what I mean? To be seen. Things that, you know, the thing is, though, I go and I get so encouraged by it because when the Holy Spirit starts flowing, the ripple effect in my life is amazing. And my tiredness and all this kind of stuff, whatever's going on, man, I get like, wow, you know, because in the presence of God, He stimulates you, He strengthens you. So just think like that when you go to a prayer meeting. It's not boring. Worship, prayer, fellowship. Come on, we can do this together. Amen? Yeah, we can do this. Come on. Very good. Like it. Okay, number five, love devoted them to the supernatural. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. Many miracles and signs and wonders. You know, I love this. I love miracle signs and wonders, even just seeing the, the healing there, you know, the headache. Just the headache, that's wonderful. I hear all the time healing of whatever things, you know, because healing, restoration is just an expression of love. Amen? You know, if you have somebody, if, if, if somebody's sick, your love wants to heal them, right? That's why Jesus loves to heal everybody, you know? Because if you're loving on somebody, you, you want to heal them. You want to help them. You want to restore them. You want to strengthen them. You want to comfort them, right? That's what love does. Love is always looking at the other person. It's never self-seeking. It's always helping somebody else. So let's love on other people and let's see the supernatural in people's lives. We want to see more. Jesus was a miracle worker. He was a healer. Come on, we want to see people healed, saved, and delivered. Amen? Sozo. Absolutely powerful. We want to see more again through our lives. Number six, 
Love devoted them to generosity. I love this in the Passion Translation particularly. And they shared with one another whatever they had out of generosity. Everybody say it. Out of generosity. They even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Now, I don't know if you've ever been a recipient of this. Catherine and I have been. We were given a car earlier on in the ministry because people were so embarrassed with the car that we were driving. Um, I told the story many times, but some of you are new in this church. I, I, we drove this very old, chunky car, and we had these people like Graham Kendrick. Uh, people have no idea who Graham Kendrick is here. Uh, but the thing is, though, we had these international artists, speakers, whatever, come and, you know, rabbit checker, right? In this stupid little car, you know? This little, little Detson, I think it was. A little Detson or something? It was just an ugly little thing. Oh, I loved it, by the way, but it was no representative at all of the kingdom. Oh, it was terrible. It was like, you know, when you look, royalty is nice, you know? Anyway, so here, the guy said, it's too embarrassing for our city. So somebody actually drove a car into our lawn one time. It was a beautiful. Whatever thing, and and this on Bluebirds, a triple C A B S, and uh, honestly, a ten thousand dollar car is yours. And we almost fell over, didn't we? It was such a blessing in our lives. Now I know today somebody in this church is going to give somebody else a car because they told me. It's happening right now. Yes. Now I haven't heard many other things that like people have actually, you know, sold a house or like one of your investments and just give it to somebody else. And that's, um, but that can happen too. And I think things sometimes we don't know because some people want a left hand, don't know what the right hand's doing. So I get that. And that's fair enough. But the thing is, though, I love what they did here. They love so much. They were so unselfish. They started to give to other people. What a beautiful thing to give to other people. I mean, you can have my jacket. But again, I get in a fight with Catherine. Please don't get Don't ask me my jacket. I mean, anything else, but don't, not my jacket. Um, it's just do that. You know, God is generous. God is so generous. Because love is generous, and God is perfect love, so he is perfect generosity. This is beautiful. I'm talking about not only just money. I'm talking about just your life. Just be a generous person with your smile, with your love, with your hugs, with your words, with your everything. Be loving. And then the ripple effect in your life, people will actually love you, like you and love you. Serious. I thought that we said that they will know us by our love right out there. Didn't Jesus say something like that? Well, let's show some love. Practically, right? We talked about that the other day. If you're in love, you know, maybe some of you are in love, you're not married yet, but you're, you know, you know? Uh, or maybe you're just married, you know, so you're still in love, you know. No, no, you're always in love. But the thing is, though, you still have that, that initial love, you know what I mean? The, the initial. It just, get, it just gets deeper, right? Uh, so, thank you, Jesus. Digging a hole again. No, no, no. My, my, the, the love, when you continue, after 30 years, our love matures, right? And stuff like that. But when you had this in, initial affection, remember? Infection, not affection. Infection and affection. Infection? Affection. It's like an infection, isn't it? A good one. Now, when you have that, though, isn't it like, like whoa, and you can't wait, you know? And like that. I mean, I still have that right now, but, uh, but like, you know? And it's like, you want to give, give, give. You want everything. You give. You want to go to the show. Every day you give. I, know, I remember giving you, you know, a little piece of paper everywhere, man. You open the thing on the morning, say, I love you, darling. And you're in the car, I love you, darling. Little, little, the red, little, little yellow piece of paper, you know? You put it everywhere in her Bible. Hello. Remember that I love you, darling. And uh, I haven't done it for a while. Maybe she'll do it again. You know, that's why love is matured. But sometimes we lose some of those nice little initial things isn't it so we need to do the kind of stuff too anyway what I'm trying to say is when you love you give when you love you give I love my kids we, li- we give them so much everything still they're adults through all their own life and we still give everything to them why because we love them because we can't help ourselves 
We just talked the other day about it. We went on a holiday. It was terrible. To Kaitiritu. We go every year to Kaitiritu. And all, all the kids come. Still, all of them come. And it's wonderful. And last year, they, um, um, they left three days early. Right? And so when they drove away, we looked at each other and we started to cry. Both of us. I mean, how can you imagine? Some people say, yay, they're gone, you know? No, we cried. That's terrible. Huh? Empty nest, yeah, I don't have an empty nest. I've got a full nest, full quiver, man. I'm going to get them married off, you know, and go do stuff. But we love them at home. And what I'm trying to say is, though, we love them so much that next day we got over it and we said, it's actually quite nice to be by ourselves for a few days. But we love them so much that when they leave, I start to cry. It's true. That was love does that. It's the ripple effect of love. Those does that kind of stuff, right? I love in this church, we talk about three things about loving and generosity. One is that we give our time our talent and our treasure. So we give our time, we serve the church, we serve each other, we do stuff around the place here to make things just work. And then uh, our talent, we, you know, music team or pastoral care or social ministry, whatever, whatever you want to do. You know, you do your talent, what you're good at, you serve in the church. And of course, the thing is the treasure, that your money, you know, you can, you can serve with, with money and give and be generous in your life. So those three things we always talk about. So, you know, I trust that you're going to be, you know, just, I, I trust that you're generous. And I tell you, it is not just for the sake of our church. It is sake for you. Because I'll tell you, when you are generous, things just come to you. It just happens. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. But there is a prosperity in God, right? When you do things right and when you honor him with your first fruits and you honor him with your life, he honors you and he can trust you and he'll give you more. I've seen it all the time. So please, please, please learn to give. I'm not talking about the amount. I'm talking about the heart. And I'm talking about just being generous in your life. Amen? Amen. I love actually the way we give to missions. It's amazing what's happening here in this place. <clears throat> Seven, love devoted them to meeting together. That's the love feast we talk about. Remember we talked about the love feast. Every day they would get together uh, in the homes. They would normally first, first go to the, um, to the temple. And sometimes we were there in Israel, you know, couple, last couple of years. Some uh, synagogues were small. Some were very big. You know, but the thing is, though, they would come together for worship, for the bigger gathering and blah, blah, blah. And then they would go into homes and then they would celebrate a meal. And they would drink. That's why they were drunk sometimes. That Paul talks about this. You can't be drunk because then you can't see what Jesus Christ has done. You won't acknowledge by faith what's happening. That's what he's talking about. That's why they can be drunk. You know, because what happens is you have the meal and you drink wine. And then you have communion at the end of it. But they have it every day. Every day they would work like this in the bigger meeting. Every day they would go in the smaller meeting. And they would enjoy life together. And that's why it's important that we do both. We also meet in the bigger meeting like today, which is for encouragement, for worship, for testimonies, for time together, all this kind of stuff. The bigger picture, our mission together. And then we go into life groups and small groups and wherever we are. And we start to minister to each other, accountability, loving each other and being you know, supportive to each other. And I love both. Like Rob said the other day, don't, let's not go to extremes. We need both. Don't go hide in some little thing somewhere. It will go nowhere. We need the fivefold ministry to be ministering to the church. Let's not hide somewhere because of some hurt about something you don't like about somebody or something. Let's do both well. Let's do our organization well. We can be 5,000 people and do relationship well and not be awkward or weird. We can't do it because it means that we have 5,000 people that were saved and 5,000 people that are amazing. Come on, 5,000 is small. Where's your vision, guys? Come on. People say it's not about numbers. What do you mean it's not about numbers? Of course it's about numbers too. God wants us to read. He came to seek and save the lost. You don't think it's about numbers? 
All the stuff Jesus talked about is that the kingdom is like this, but it's going to grow, 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 grow. Anything is healthy will grow, 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 grow. Come on. We all need to grow. We need to get people saved. Come on, there's a whole world out there. It's very selfish for us just to be here by ourselves, a happy, clappy thing, you know? It's nice. It's nice. It's a gathering. The family is wonderful. But our mission is out there, right? Let's do both well. Amen? Come on. That's good. Praise Jesus. Number eight. Oh, by the way, actually about the connector block, there's, of course, all in life group. Just so you know that in the third term, we're going to do the whole term. It's going to be about establishing ourselves in relationships. We're going to do the, um, we're going to do the course called uh, Keeping Your Love On um, by Danny Silk. And uh, we're going to, all of us, I like to go into life groups, even if it's just for that only that one, eight weeks. We're all of us going to be in groups. We're going to go through this course. It's going to be amazing for our relationships. And then we go celebrate that in the camp in November in Hamlet. So we've got a bit of a plan together. So to really encourage our relationships together and to encourage life together. Isn't that great? That's going to be just amazing. Eight, love, devoted them to praise and worship. Well, we talk about this a lot. Jesus is number one. Praising God is number one in our lives. Come on. They loved the vibrancy of worship, of celebrating life together. Come on. This is not about programs. Some people even said the other day to me, there's a lot of programs here. No, it's not about programs here. Of course, we have some programs because the thing is, though, do you know we have two Alpha courses running at the same time right now? About 30 people in there? Of course we do programs. People need to be, pro- need to be organized, you know, to do certain things to have together. Without organization, it would be chaos. But we're not programmed. It's not our mission, though. Our mission is the presence of God, not programs. It's the presence of God in all these various get-togethers, wherever we are. Right? Come on, let's say it together. No, not say it together, but let's believe that together. Amen? Number nine, love devoted. Catherine, I'm always done, darling. Love devoted them to their community. They enjoying the favor of all the people. People in general like what they saw. Favor in the community. Now, I can imagine because, of course, life in those days, you saw everything. You see people, right? A bit harder now, you know, because we hide behind our little fences, right? But the thing is, they saw people. And they saw the miracles, the generosity. They saw the, the, the getting together, the love, all the stuff people saw. And they were in awe about how this community was. And like I said a few weeks ago, they will know us by our love. Now, how are they seeing us right now? That's a question, not rhetorical, a real question. How do they see us? Because right now you walk out that door and there's nothing there. It's just nothing. It's just the world. It's just like nothing. It's just cars. You know? We have this life here, but they can't even see it. The only thing they can see is you when you meet them at school tomorrow or at work or wherever. So you are the thing. But also, I would love to suggest that some of us start dreaming like a cruise ministry. Start dreaming like how can we do stuff in the community? They can really show our love even in greater ways. We're feeding the poor, which is wonderful, but there's a lot of other things that we could do. I know some churches who painted, for example, a whole hospital, and the whole, the whole city knew about it. It was quite expensive, and they raised the money for it, and they painted. Everybody knew that church had done that. That's good. Where will they see our love? Where will they see there's something different with us? Right? And this is a challenge to you and to me. How can we show our love next to our own lives, living great and being great neighbors and work uh, colleagues and stuff like that? Amen? How can we be seen in it? I would love to have that developed as we go along in this church. And 10, the last one, is love devoted them to evangelism. Like I said before, there's two, uh, two of those um, um, Alpha courses going right now, which is great. But it said there, and the Lord kept adding to the number daily those who were being saved, those who were coming to life. And actually, just at the beginning of this, when Peter started preaching, 
Pentecost had fallen, 3,000 people got saved right there. And it was absolutely powerful when the Holy Spirit comes, when love comes to town, evangelism starts to happen. See, God wants everybody saved. Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. If that's the case, then we as a church, you as individuals, me, we together have an opportunity and invitation that we can seek and save the lost. It is our mission, should you choose, to accept this. And we say, yes, we have accepted this. We've got to be intentional. We've got to, Alpha courses are intentional because people get invited into the course. How can they know unless somebody preaches at them? And they see the preaching and the fellowship and the Holy Spirit start working. They become Christians. They become integrated into the wider body of Christ. Then they start doing the same thing all over again. They start testifying of the love of God and the life being changed and healed and delivered. And other people say, wow, you changed. Yes, come do Alpha course. And then the next lot come. It's one powerful ministry. So well done for you guys doing it because it's absolutely, it takes time and effort. And uh, Janelle, and you guys over there too, you guys are just wonderful in the way that you are doing that intentionally. The harvest is plentiful, guys, but the laborers are few. That's what Jesus said. Then pray, pray to the God of the harvest to send missionary, to send laborers. And I say, Lord, choose me. What about you? What about we say, yes, Lord, send me. Wherever I am, I want to be your light and I want to be your testimony. Amen? Amen. So important in our lives. See, if we would all duplicate ourselves once, we'll have 400 more people next year. All of us duplicate, only one person. Boom. We can do that. It's not that difficult. Start thinking about it, start praying about it. Lord, who do you want me to invite to church? Who do you want me to share the gospel with? On the cruises. What a wonderful ministry on the cruises. What a wonderful thing. Isn't it? It's great. They had the guard down often, you know, lying on the thing. Hey, do you know Jesus? What? You know, it's awesome. This is wonderful. <laughs> I just love it. That's why also be serious about also hard for the house. It's a, it's a wonderful expression to love on the church, to have a heart for the mission of God and to grow our base here together. Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. They cannot stop him. He's Lord of all. He's Lord of glory. He's building his church all over the globe. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people saved every day. The greatest, greatest movement in the history of the world is the church of Jesus Christ. And this is our little spot here in New Zealand in Christchurch. And here we are called to make a difference. Isn't it wonderful? What an incredible privilege we have that we can be light and be hope in this community. You know, most of these things that is talked about, these 10 things about love, almost all of them, because that's what love is about, are outward. They're all missional. Because God wants us to be missional. Yes, he loves us. He built us up. He, that's all good. But the thing is, though, let's not forget about the mission. The mission to see Christ's church saved and impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I suggest let's build together. Let's join arms together. Let's link arms together. And let's build together to build his church. And you know what happens? The ripple effect in our lives through this church in our community, through your life, your family, your life group, our different ministries, the ripple effect is going to be amazing throughout the whole city. So think about this, okay? 
My decisions right now count. They count because they have a ripple effect. And so I suggest that first of all, we go for the most important thing, is the love of God. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And because of the love of God, you can love other people. You can't just love other people without the love of God. Jesus Christ loved because he was love. We've been given this beautiful love. And so we can love even our enemies. We can even love the people who hurt us. And we can love everybody. And so, Father, I pray right now that you come, even by your Holy Spirit right now. Let's just be in this um, place of receiving his love. If you're a Christian, you've already received his love, but sometimes we've got to put on love. But before we put on love, I suggest we just are aware of the presence of God, how much he actually loves us. The liquid love of God is in this room right now. Holy Spirit, just descend, we pray right now. Descend like dew on all of us. The liquid love of God. The liquid love of God. Your manifest presence.